So in the first reading today from Isaiah, we have this line. The Lord was pleased to crush him in infirmity. And over the last few weeks, when we've heard Isaiah, you've heard me mention the suffering servant, right? And so it's pleasing to the Lord to crush his suffering servant in infirmity. And that doesn't quite seem right. It leads me, at least, to the question, well, is God just kind of this dude who enjoys punishing his servants, the people who want to serve him? You know, it reminds me of that quote. I think it's from Catherine of Siena. It's like, well, Lord, if you treat your friends like this, no wonder you have so few of them, right? But if you think about it more, and if when I prayed with this reading, suffering is an important aspect of our Christian life. Because suffering forces us to come to terms with a very important question. What matters? What is real? What do I actually care about in this life? And as we confront that question, suffering forces us to become more humble, Because as we confront that question, we realize that there's really nothing I can do to reach what is the ultimate goal of my life. Because for us, the answer eventually boils down to the same thing. We all want happiness. And at the end of the day, true happiness is union with God for all of eternity, contemplating His glory. There is, that is what we are made to do, to look at God's glory and be filled with love and joy when we do that. And the only way we get there is through surrendering our own will to that of God. And we do that through suffering. It's through suffering that the apostles were purified. Today's gospel shows us that they had plenty of purification to go, huh? Do whatever we ask of you, Jesus. As they watched Jesus suffer, and then they abandoned him during his passion, they eventually united themselves to him. When they realized what the cup they would drink from contained, and what the baptism they would be baptized with meant, it meant they would suffer just like their master. It meant that they would too have to pass through death to reach eternal life. But when they realized what was in store for them, they without hesitation united themselves to the will of Jesus Christ. Remembering that line most certainly that Christ told them, whoever wishes to be great among you will be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you will be the slave of all. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. We, as disciples and followers of Jesus Christ, too, have to follow just like they did. And if we thought that just because we're Catholic in Wichita, Kansas, that would make it a little easier, that we won't have to suffer for our faith, too, then we are mistaken. Because even here, 
some of us can lose our jobs or our reputations or our possessions or, or possibly even our lives for sticking to our faith. I mean, that last one seems a bit far-fetched, but it is possible, even here. If we are called to suffer and give witness to Jesus Christ, which the Greek word for that is martyrdom, if we are called to be martyrs for Jesus Christ, then that is how we follow in his footsteps. And then we can say that because of our anguish we shall see the light. And because of our knowledge we shall be content. That's at the end of the prophet Isaiah's reading today. We don't walk this road of suffering with Jesus Christ alone nor are we the first to walk it, because we heard in the letter to the Hebrews today that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. He is the one who showed us this way, this path. He is the one who has called us to walk on this road of suffering. And he is the one who asks us to hold fast to this confession of faith that has to be deep within our hearts. Because the divine word, the Son of God, he became one of us and took on human nature to show us the way back to our Heavenly Father. Because he united humanity and divinity in that person, in his person, in Jesus Christ. And he walks with us through that darkness, through that death that we are all called to. What he's doing is he's taking the result of the contagion, the disease of sin, the end result of all of that is death. And when Jesus Christ walks through that separation of the soul from the body, which if you read the accounts of the saints, they've had these mystical experiences, they'll tell you that's the greatest torment anyone will ever endure. But he walked that too. And he showed us that even if we suffer, there is not an end for us because we will be united with God. And so Jesus Christ, the suffering servant, allowed himself to be crushed with the weight of our sin. And just as we suffer, except for him, he didn't sin. It was a total gift to all of us that he did this. And when he did this, it showed that he knows the pain and the fears that each one of us experience in our humanity. He knows the challenge of beating our will into submission, right? Sometimes it's like St. Paul said, I don't do what I want to do. And I can hear the frustration when St. Paul says that. But Jesus Christ knows that too because he had to align his human will with his divine. Now he was perfect at it. We aren't. And so just as we suffer in this life, we must unite those sufferings with Jesus Christ and allow him to be the one who transforms us and moves forward and beats back that weakness within our will so that we can align it to his will, his glorious will. And when we truly reflect him in all of our actions, will attain that goal that God has for each one of us.
And on that day, like St. Paul, we'll be able to say, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The reason that we can actually do any of this is also because Jesus Christ is the eternal high priest who stands in that breach between God and humanity. That's the duty of the priest, to stand between the people and God, to offer sacrifice to God and to bring God to the people. Jesus Christ allows us to offer our prayers, works, joys, and sufferings to God every day. And us who are ordained priests participate in that priesthood. We're a visible sign that you can see today of this bridge between God and us here on earth. Some of us are better looking bridges than others, I will admit. But we are the ones who stand in this breach, bringing God's mercy and forgiveness in the sacrament of confession. We bring God's love that overflows to us in the sacrament of the Eucharist. We give his grace and this new life in the sacrament of baptism. All of these sacraments, all of the sacramentals, all of the prayers that we offer, the priest assists us in bringing them to God. And no human being is worthy of doing this. But without his priests, God would not be able to minister to his people. He wouldn't be able to give himself to each one of us the way that he wants to. And so young men who are sitting out here today, this sacred duty is one that we cannot be afraid of saying yes to if we hear that call. We humans were weak creatures. We trust our senses a little bit too much. And we need to see someone giving us these gifts from God. It's a vital thing. We need to be able to see God working, even if it's through a flawed and broken instrument. So, Luke's doing a great job of following that. Let's see if we can get him some help, all right? Brothers and sisters, the Lord calls us to come to him, and he calls us to walk the road of suffering to him. But it's going to be okay because we can bring these things to him so he can transform them. Because we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with us in our weakness. Our high priest, Jesus Christ, has been tested in every way, yet without sin. And so let us confidently approach his throne of grace to receive every mercy, and find the grace for timely help.